peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Well, today is uh, In Conclusion Day. Now, before you get excited and think that's the end, um, what I'm saying is today is an In Conclusion Day and that uh, we wrap up today the uh, message series uh, Basic Training. And remember what we've been doing in this series is uh, we have been looking at those basics of the faith and uh, asking how do we integrate that uh, into our daily life and make sure that we've just got those foundations in place uh, in our life. But ultimately, uh, basic training comes to an end. And when uh, basic training comes to an end, you get deployed. And you have to take all those skills that you received in basic training and you have to apply them into the routine of wherever your assignment is. So today, in conclusion for the series, I want to uh, look at the routine. Look at the routine of what it means to take everything that we've been uh, talking about here and applying that into the awesome life that God wants us to experience uh, under him. I mean, how do, we, how do we take all these principles? What's it look like for us to take these basics of the faith and apply them into a regular part of our life uh, and uh, lift, have it lift our life to a new level of being? How does our life become awesome even though it becomes routine? To give you uh, the, the hint on that, you heard the lesson from uh, the second chapter of uh, Acts. And um, once again, I chose to use the uh, amplified version. So you're sitting there saying, what are all those extra words in there? That's all from the amplified version. And the goal of the amplified version, of course, is to amplify, to, to make sure you get, uh, to get the point. So it puts extra words to help you try and understand the point of what it's, what it's mean. Well, let me give you a different way of trying to grab hold of uh, the point for today, the routine uh, of what it means to take basic training and put it into the routine of excellent living. Why don't you watch the screens for a minute? We'll see if we can get the video to go. And uh, you have to listen real close, and maybe you'll get it. Here we go. This should be routine for us by now, shouldn't it? Okay, here we go. Well, anyway, we'll look at that later. Uh, if you uh, look at the uh, second chapter of Acts, uh, you get what was routine uh, for them. Now, what you need to understand is you go into the second chapter of Acts, and you, you got it in the, uh, in the lesson there, some extraordinary things started happening. This is after Jesus' death and resurrection. And this is after his ascension. And now Peter, with the day of Pentecost, stands up and he preaches. And he preaches an awesome message about the basics of the faith. And as a result, 3,000 people in that day devote themselves to Christ. So now, 
Think about what the church just became. On that one day, 3,000 people received Christ and devoted themselves to Christ. Now you've got 3,000 new believers. You've got the 12 apostles because they, you know, they get around to replacing uh, Judas there. You've got the 12 apostles. You've got 3,000 new believers. You've got the women who've been around from the beginning. You've got uh, um, you know, hundreds of other folks who have been in and out of this experience of listening to and, and following Jesus. Remember, it says when he was resurrected, he appeared to 500 and more. So you've got that kind of numbers of people who are experiencing Christ and are believers in Christ. Are the numbers starting to get bigger? I mean, it's not just the 12 anymore, is it? So now you've got a collection of people. You've got a collection of people who run the gamut of life experience. You've got folks who come from all kinds of different professions. You're not just dealing with a, a group of fishermen anymore. You've got folks coming from all kinds of different age levels. You've got folks coming from all kinds of different economic levels. You've got folks coming from all kinds of different regions and towns and places. Remember on Pentecost when those 3,000 came to faith? It said that they all heard the gospel proclaimed in their own language. This was a mix of people, much like this room this morning. We are a mix of people coming from all kinds of backgrounds and now different communities and all kinds of economic stratus and, you know, the gamut of what it means. And yet, what happens to all of these people? They all devote themselves to constantly persevere in Christ. That's the first point. They were constant and devoted. The text says, and they steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly. Steadfastly persevered because they devoted themselves constantly. The Greek that lies behind that is, is saying, look, these folks were single minded they were single minded and steadfast these people were absolutely completely utterly sold out on Christ they were constant they were persevering they were absolutely devoted they were utterly committed they were following Christ without reservation See, they understood from the beginning that if you take the understandings we've been talking about and you apply them into your life and you receive Christ, you have to follow Christ completely in every portion of your life. That following Christ is not a part-time experience. It's not just following Him a little bit. It's not just being a kind of Christian. These folks were absolutely utterly devoted to Christ. And we can go to other places in Scripture and say that's exactly what God looks for, that that's what God expects. In fact, God can't work in your life if you're not committed. If you go to the book of Revelations, it says as he's, uh, the Spirit is talking to one of the churches, the church in Laodicea, it says, this is what you must write to the angel of the church in Laodicea, I am the one called a man. I am the faithful and true witness and the source of God's creation. Listen to what I say. Are you listening? Listen to what I say. 
I know everything you have done, and you are not cold or hot. I wish you were either one or the other. But since you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I spit you out of my mouth. What's this church's problem? They're lukewarm, right? The problem is they're lukewarm. He's saying, look, if you were cold, I would know how to deal with you. I could proclaim the gospel to you and release you from that frigid life you're living in. But if I've released you and you know what it means to have Jesus Christ in the world and in your life, if you've got the basic understanding, then you ought to be hot, devoted, constantly, absolutely, utterly sold out for Christ. Jesus, when he was walking the earth, he even made it more clear, just a real distinct line when he says in Matthew 12, if you are not on my side, you are what? Oops. Is that a pretty clear line? One way or the other? You see, those 3,000 and more on that day, it says they absolutely devoted themselves and were utterly sold out on the truth about Christ. And their life was steadfast in that devotion. They persevered in that devotion. In whatever they experienced, it was all about Christ first. They understood our faith in Christ isn't like a hat that we can just take on and take off and change according to whatever circumstance. When we want to put the Christ hat on, we put it on, and when we don't want it on, we take it off. Doesn't work that way. The basic routine is to understand that being a follower of Christ gives him your total life. Absolutely sold out and passionate about Christ. All right, let's take the next step. So we know they're absolutely constantly persevering and devoting themselves to faith in Christ. What does it then look like? What is the routine? For them, it says, the first step was they were in the routine and devoted to growing in the Word. To instruction and fellowship of the apostles. They were devoted to the instruction of the apostles. We'll start just with that half of the verse. They were devoted to the instructions of the apostles. You see, they came to this revelation about how awesome Jesus Christ is. And when they discovered how awesome Jesus Christ is, they wanted more. Every day, they just wanted more. More of what it means to live according to Christ. If you go to 1 Peter, and remember, who's the guy that did the message on that day of Pentecost and brought 3,000 people to Christ? Peter, okay? So if you go to 1 Peter, who wrote it, he says, Be like newborn babies who are thirsty for the pure spiritual milk that will help you grow and be saved. You have already found out how good the Lord really is. What was part of the routine? They devoted themselves to wanting more of Christ, to understanding more of what it means to have Christ as the Lord of their life. In 2 Peter, Peter's second letter, he says, Let the wonderful kindness and the understanding that comes from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ help you to keep on 
You can say it. Yep. Keep on growing. Praise Jesus now and forever. Amen. See, growing in Christ is basic. Once you finish and you understand the principles of basic training, the routine becomes you always thirst for and seek to grow more and more in what it means to be a Christ follower. Devoted, sold out Christ follower. The goal at Christ Church is that every one of us, everyone who's part of this fellowship, will end up in some kind of growth group, some kind of growth experience. Why? Because that's the routine. That's the routine we each need to have. That if you receive Christ, you just need to get in the routine of growing every day, every week, in what it means to be that sold-out Christ follower. And God gives us the resource to do that by giving us His Scripture. We've got a place to be able to meet Christ whenever we want. And that's just to go into the Word and let it speak to us. 2 Timothy says, Everything in the Scripture is God's Word. All of it is useful for teaching and helping people, for correcting them and showing them how to live. That The Scriptures train God's servants to do all kinds of good deeds. Does that sound like a growing good thing? You see, that's the routine. The routine, once you understand the basics of the faith, is to just want more, to devote yourself to the instructions of the fellowship of the apostles. The apostles. Next. They devoted themselves to common partnership and purpose. It's the other half of that phrase, right? They devoted themselves to the instruction and fellowship of the apostles. Now, be careful here. The fellowship that they're talking about in Acts is not the fun fellowship you find in a lot of churches. Well, let's have fellowship. What does that mean? Well, let's just go do something fun. That's not what this is talking about. Not that there's anything with Christians having fun together. We should do that, and we do that around here, and that's all good stuff. But it's not what this verse is talking about. It's talking about being devoted to the partnership and the purpose that we share together in making a difference for Christ. Look at what happens in Acts as these people exercise this devotion. It says, And a sense of awe, reverent fear, came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were performed through the apostles, the special messengers, and all who believed, who adhered to and trusted in and relied on Jesus Christ. Does that sound sold out? Uh Uh-huh. Were united together. They had everything in common. And they sold their possessions, both their land property and their movable goods, and distributed the price among all according to as any had need. And day after day, they regularly assembled in the temple with what? United purpose. What do they have in common? They have in common the action of being a Christ follower. They have in common the action of doing what it means to be a Christ follower. They have in common the actions of signs and wonders taking place in their midst. They have in common the action of taking care of other people's needs. They have in common the action of gathering together around a common, united purpose. 
You see, when you get the basics of the faith and you receive that basics of the faith and you try to employ that into life, it is to get into the common routine of doing the actions of what it means to be part of Christ's people. Let me show you a really interesting way that that plays out in the Scripture. This is kind of a little, one of those interesting things about the Bible. It comes out of 2 Corinthians 9. In 2 Corinthians 9, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church as he's taking up a collection for the saints, for those in Jerusalem who have need. And it's, if you pick it up in verse 13, it should be verse 13, not 3. In verse 13, it says, Because at your standing of the test of this ministry, they will glorify God for your loyalty and obedience to the gospel of Christ, which you confess, as well as for your generous-hearted liberality to them and to all the other needy ones. Okay, what happened? Paul is collecting an offering for the needy people, saints, in Jerusalem. And the folks in Corinth have responded liberally to that offering. Now what's interesting? The phrase, your generous-hearted liberality, is the same word used in Acts 2, describing fellowship. It's the same word. The same word in Acts 2 that says fellowship is the same word that is used in 2 Corinthians when it describes their action of liberal generosity. Isn't that interesting? Am I the only one in the house that finds that really cool? I mean, that is like really amazing. You see, it's not just getting together and having fun fellowship. It's getting together and having an impact in the world. It's getting together and saying, I am so sold out for Christ, I'm going to make a difference. And I am going to be in a common, united purpose with all God's people at Christ Church because it's part of my routine. Every day, it's part of my routine to work together for Christ to make a difference. That's fellowship. Working together for Christ to make a difference. It is my routine to grow in what it means to be a Christ follower. And it is my routine to grow in making a difference for Christ. Next one they devoted themselves to. They devoted themselves to regular worship and communion with Christ. It says in Acts uh, 2, to the breaking of bread, including the Lord's Supper. The reason that, that including the Lord's Supper is there is because in the Scripture, when it says the breaking of bread, it can refer to two things. It depends on the context uh, as the words are used. It can mean just the breaking of bread together at a meal, you know, just having a meal together at the table, or it was also key language used to describe communion. This experience of God's people at the table when Christ is truly present. In Acts 2, the reference in the beginning of the text is to the experience of the Lord's Supper. See, we know that in the early church, what happened is these, these new Christians were sold out for Christ, and so they would gather together for worship in the temple. 
You can go on and down to verse 46. This is, and day after day, how often? Day after day. Does that sound routine? Kind of sounds routine, doesn't it? Day after day. And day after day, they regularly assembled at the temple with united purpose. And in their homes, they broke bread, including the Lord's Supper. So what's happening? Day after day, they're getting together and they are in worship. They're going to the temple. It's the only place big enough. It's the only place where they can... How many people were we talking about? Over 3,000. That's a big house if you can accommodate that, right? They were going to the temple because that was the place they could gather. They were going to the temple day by day on a routine, regular basis. They were gathering together for worship. And then they were splitting up and they were going into their homes. And when they were in their homes, they were sitting at tables. And they were sharing in the Lord's Supper. They were devoted to the experience of worship. And they were devoted to receiving the presence of Christ in bread and wine. This past week I was out uh, visiting some of our uh, folks who are uh, shut-in folks, uh, just can't, can't come to Christ Church anymore, just not physically possible for them to do that. And... Uh, you know, when I do that visit, uh, no matter which name, which person it is, you know, you go and we sit and, and we talk about life and they always hear, want to hear about Christ Church and what's going on here and they're always thankful and excited. But ultimately, I cannot leave that place until something happens. You know what that is, right? I cannot leave that place until in their homes we break bread together. I broke bread uh, with one of our saints uh, this last week and uh, tears just overwhelmed her as she thought about how in this meal Jesus was saying to her how much he forgave her and loved her. See, that's how powerful that simple bread and wine is because it is the presence of Jesus. That's why we do it every week. Some folks have have asked, geez, how, how come we're doing this every week now? You know, at least the 8.30 service. We always did it every week at the 10.30, but we've been doing it every week at the, at the 8.30 service. How, how come we're doing this every... Well, it, it's the routine. I mean, it, it's the routine. That, that's what totally devoted, sold-out people of God do, is they gather regularly for worship, and they gather regularly around the Lord's Supper. They gather for that experience of Jesus in their life. It's what gives us our strength and our encouragement to persevere. Paul tells us, Ephesians 5, when you meet together, sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, as you praise the Lord with all your heart, always use the name of our Lord Christ to thank God the Father for everything. Sounds like worship, doesn't it? Or Hebrews says a word of warning about not being in worship. He says... Some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship. But we must not do that. Sound like your mother? Don't do that. <laughs> you, you've heard that before, right? See, the, why? Because it's looking out for you. God is telling you, look, it's got to be part of the routine of your spiritual life. To be sold out for Christ 
you need the routine of your spiritual life. It's basic to our spiritual life is that we get together for worship every week and we get together for the sacrament every week and we get together to be reassured of the incredible power of Christ in our lives and our common purpose with each other and growing in the scriptures together. That's what they did. Acts 20, further down. Remember, we're at Acts 2. You go further down on Acts 20. It says, on the first day of the week, we met to break bread together. What did they do? On the first day of the week, Sunday, they got together for worship and communion. By the way, notice this. It also says, and Paul spoke to the people until midnight because he was leaving the next morning. Until when? Oh, I got time. Huh? He went till midnight to encourage them in the word. See, right there in that verse is everything we're talking about. They were sold out, absolutely sold out for Christ. And so they got together for worship every week, and they got together around the meal every week, and they got together around the word in that opportunity, and they were in common with one another, no matter what it took, even till midnight, to make a difference for Christ. What supported them in that? It says also in Acts 2, that they were absolutely sold out in being constant and devoted to conversation with the Holy Spirit. It's just two words in the text. It says, and prayers. They were devoted to prayer. They were absolutely devoted to prayer. You know, when I visit with those folks that are uh, shut in and, and can't make it to Christ Church anymore, that's what I ask them for. That's what I ask them for. While we're visiting and, and talking about their life and and talking about Christ and uh, sharing scripture in the meal together, before the experience is done, I always ask him every time, will you make sure and do the most powerful thing you can do? And that's pray for Christ Church. See, every day we have a whole group of people out there that spend their time on purpose, absolutely united with us, because they are praying for you. Isn't that awesome? Those folks who are stuck in their homes or wherever they're stuck right now in life in, the, in their physical limitations are not bound there in the power of exercising Christ in the world. And so they commit to me every time. They commit to me and say, absolutely, Pastor, I'll do that. That every day they commit, they will spend time praying for you, Christ Church. Romans 12, Paul says, Rejoice and exult in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. And what? Be constant in prayer. You see, all that other stuff is going to come. The patience we'll need in suffering and being steadfast through the tribulation and the, all that stuff will come. The tribulation, and the, and the, that's going to come. What you need to be devoted to in your routine is being constant in prayer. You see these 3,000 folks and more? You know what happened right after Pentecost? Persecution started in Jerusalem. The reason Paul had to go get an offering from the Corinthians for the saints in Jerusalem is because the saints in Jerusalem were being persecuted and their businesses were being closed down because they were totally sold out and devoted to Christ. All that stuff is going to come. What sustains us 
is being constant in our conversation with the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit be in power. Acts 6, but we will continue to devote ourselves steadfastly in prayer and to the ministry of the word. There was also struggle that took place inside the church. And so the leaders of the church came to the rest of the church and they said, look, we can't wait tables anymore because we have to do this stuff. And that stuff was being steadfast in the word and being steadfast in prayer. You see, inside the church and outside the church, it is the routine of just being in constant conversation with the Holy Spirit. Philippians 4 reminds us of that. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about what? Anything. That's pretty encompassing, isn't it? Uh-huh. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. See, be constant. Make it routine in your life. If you're totally devoted and sold out, you have the incredible privilege and opportunity of being able to go to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit be engaged in every moment of your life. To be in prayer and give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to work. Now we get to the end of the outcome. The end of the outcome of basic training. The end of the outcome of taking all these principles that we've looked at in this basic training experience and employing them into our life and getting that routine that we've been talking about this morning, getting that routine into our lives. These early Christians put the routine into their lives. And this was the outcome, favor and the adding of others. It says in verse 47, constantly praising God and being in favor and goodwill with all the people. Now that's a key phrase. Notice it says, all the people. It's just not the folks inside the church. It's all the folks that are around them. They were in favor. They were looked upon favorably and with goodwill by everybody who was around them, who knew them. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved from spiritual death. When you get the routine of being totally devoted and sold out for Christ, when you get the routine of having this basic faith exercise, this basic training experience employed in your assignment, when you get this routine into your life, favor, favor becomes the outcome. And that favor is so magnetic that daily others are going to approach you and wonder, how can they get it? Isn't that cool? Favor comes into your life in such magnitude. It's so magnetic that other people are going to look at your life. They're going to look at your routine. They're going to look at your principles and the basics that you've put into your life. They're going to look at that, and they're going to come up to you. They're going to come into your life, and they're going to want it. And they're going to ask you, how can I get it? And that's your opportunity to bring 3,000 and more into that devoted, basic training, routine life of being sold out for Jesus Christ. Basic training. Basic training. And a basic routine. 